Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. I, of course, am Jesse Mogul. Make sure you're checking me out on my website, MediaMogul.com. All of my social media is Jesse Mogul because I am the only one on the planet. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook at MediaMogul. I am talking today about water. Now, I've got a lot of topics that I'm going to start getting a little repetitive about. You're going to hear me talking about quite frequently bees. i got some really cool bee stuff coming down the pipeline. So be looking forward to that when it finally comes out. But right now we're talking about water because I came across an article some time ago in the LA Times talking about free liquid gold in California's rainwater um, system or lack thereof. What got me immediately thinking about this besides the fact that there's about five people in this article that I definitely am going to reach out to and attempt to interview was that this is not water is not a problem that Southern California is just now all of a sudden having an issue with. This is something that we've been dealing with for quite some time. Um, let's face it, for the most part Vegas and Phoenix and, and so many other cities in Southern California are in deserts. Um, yes, there's some pretty fertile land um, in California, the middle of the, the state has turned into the breadbasket for the entire country, but it wasn't meant to be. And we've spent a lot of money and burned through a lot of water to make sure that we can have all of that farmland there. So when I find out that the city has no long-term strategy or is just now beginning to implement a long-term strategy for collecting rainwater runoff, it blows my mind because... This is something that they should have foreseen and been working on. I mean, the, the Colorado, for years, you know, I almost didn't complete that thought. They should have been thinking about this back in the 80s. I mean, look at the Colorado River. It once was so mighty, it cut the Grand Canyon. Now it's, it's a trickle. It's a trickle in some places. It doesn't even, it, it barely even exists in some places. And it's because of how much water the West of the you know the west coast of our country all of the desert lands but you know really southern california has done a great job of just sucking it dry now some of the things i read in this article that really blew my mind um the first there's some math here some figures i did not realize the entire city of la used about 550,000 acre feet of water a year and that's if you took that many acres of land and put one foot of water on it this is apparently a measure that is known and used throughout the system to discuss uh, water. And I guess it just gives people an idea of how to visually see. You know, I guess rather than say, you know, 50,000 acres, it would hold, you know, 10 acre feet. Uh, people have a hard time, I suppose, picturing that as opposed to 550 acres, which is a size of land that I have no clue. If you said it, was, it would take a million swimming pools that were Olympic sized to give everyone in LA water for a year. I can picture that because I can picture an Olympic swimming pool and therefore I could probably picture a million of them. <laughs> so we use 550,000 acre feet of water a year. And from January 18th to January 31st, we had some pretty hellacious rainstorms out here, which is unusual for Southern California, but it happened. Um, usually happens a little bit more into February and March, and then, of course, May, gray, June gloom rolls around. But uh, roughly 25 billion gallons of stormwater, or 77,000 acre feet, drained into the oceans from the L.A. River watershed. Um, pretty remarkable. I mean, that just, if you think about, that's insane to think that 25 billion gallons of stormwater ran off in that 
about two week stretch. Um, later on in this article, earlier actually, it talks about how uh, there were certain times where the river swelled, it, the LA River swelled so much. And that's where all of our rainwater goes. It, it's all funneled into the LA Rainses, which is now just a big cement river. It used to be land, but then floods and everything, back when we had lots of water, uh, ran through 29 million gallons a minute were pouring into the Pacific Ocean from the LA watershed. And uh, it blows my mind. I mean, it's still, when I talk about this and I say all of this stuff out loud, it, that this is the amount of water that we're just letting slip through our fingers and that because there's so many municipalities and so many there's there's cities and counties and different jurisdictions and neighborhoods that need to fork over some coin to make this happen nothing's happening there's just too many people everyone's got their hand in the cookie jar uh, there's too many contracts to think about it, I mean it's it's vast but we could be doing smaller projects now when stormwater seeps through our porous soil uh, through spreading grounds which I read in this article I'm a, not really sure what that means but it sounds like they mix sand and, and pebbles or something together and they spread them out in certain areas and that is what uh, and then they they do funnel water from certain areas into these spreading grounds and that allows the water to soak through the sand and the gravel combination and get back down into the LA aquifer, which is definitely low. People might say, well, Jesse, the governor, mayor, everybody said that we were good to go, so that we're no longer in a drought. I remember when I saw the LA Times post that on the cover of one of their issues not too long ago, and it infuriated me because it's hard enough to get people to care about water conservation to turn their faucets off while they wash dishes or while they're brushing their teeth but to go around and be so reckless as to say that we are out of a drought to give people a false sense of security that they can just go back to using water all willy-nilly it it rubbed me very much the wrong way and it's not a message that we need to be putting out there for the general public who next time we say we're running out of water might be like, well, you know, who cares if we're running out of water in October? It's just going to rain again really hard in January. That was a bit of a fluke, and we cannot expect that to happen all the time. Um, so we do not need to be telling people that we're out of the drought. We need to be telling people to step up their conservation efforts, like with everything else. You, t you don't take an animal off the endangered species list because now all of a sudden there's enough of them that it's just slightly endangered, uh, a species to watch. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, everyone knows I recently got sober, and my, my therapist likes to say to me, you know, you don't stop going to meetings a year or two into this program because you, you feel like everything's good to go. Like, what helped you get sober? You made the decision, yes, but then you began to build a collective a support system around you so why would you stop working with that support system if that's what's helped you get sober much like with the water or the animals you don't stop doing what was working that got you to the point where you had a plethora you continue to do it so at one point you turn around and you're like okay well now we've got a zillion heck uh, acre feet of water and now we need to start using water more often everybody go take a four hour long shower uh, you don't tell people that we're good to go on the water when we're not. Um, you got to look at it and think about it this way. Uh, the LA Department of Water and Power estimates that the city retained about 4 billion gallons of runoff or around 12,000 acre feet from when that entire rain thing, the, the big storms went down at the beginning of the year. And we still lost 77,000 acre feet. 
Um, it says in here that the entire city of L.A. uses about 550,000 acre-feet of water a year. I think I mentioned this before. And later on in the article, it goes to say that um, we could probably capture an additional 300,000 acre-feet of water in the L.A. basin if we started to implement strategies to new spreading grounds, uh, installing infiltration swales on parkway medians, things of that nature. So we could get another 300,000 acre-feet we're already currently averaging 200,000 acre feet that we they currently collect through a, these networks of dams and reservoirs strung along for the 40 miles an hour of the 40 miles of the front range of the San Gabriel Mountains. My point is, is that we could get another 300,000 and we're already doing 200,000 every year we'd be able to come within 50,000 acre feet of the amount of water we're using a year. Now, I get that that's just LA, the city, not necessarily LA, the county and all of the surrounding regions, but that's pretty remarkable that we could come within 50,000 acre feet if we were to just implement some things in place that would allow us to start capturing this water immediately. You know, and it's going to take some time to build these things, but at least soon. Um, some of the other figures that really, that really blew my mind, it says that you need about 300 million to 500 million a year to build and manage stormwater projects. At the same time, earlier, about three paragraphs earlier in this article, it just literally says that LA County will have to spend about $24 billion over the next couple decades just to, uh, it says right here, that helps the region meet water quality mandates to clean up urban runoff that fouls coastal waters. Requirements that are expected to cost LA County $24 billion over the next couple of decades. Meaning, since our entire city is made of cement, and this water rushes, I mean, 25 billion freaking gallons of it in that two-week stretch rushed into the ocean. It doesn't just naturally go out in the middle of the ocean and disappear and become fine. It stays along the coast, and it dirties up the, the, the beaches. It contaminates. It does a lot of bad stuff. I live close enough to Santa Monica Beach that I've been there quite a few times and there are certain parts that they will put up signs saying don't swim in because of sewage water or just contamination in general so let's just go with those numbers and imagine they're right 24 billion over the next couple of decades let's just say that it is 10 uh, 20 years that's 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 a couple couples two two decades 20 years see i'm very good at math i'm very good at math i should be an engineer for elon musk yep Yep, I should stop doing a podcast and go do that right now. But let me finish this water thing. <laughs> Are you guys keeping up? Do you care? <laughs> you should care. Because I'm going to tie this in to your community at the end. So don't leave me. Stay with me because this is going to matter to you. $24 billion over the next 20 years. And they were only needing $500 million a year to build and manage stormwater projects. So... Every year, we're basically going to spend $1.4 billion. No, that's not right. 20 goes into that, and then 20 goes into 40. 1.2. Yeah, that was pretty simple. $1.2 billion. And we need $500 million a year to build these projects. So what you're telling me is that we're going to spend $24 billion in the next 20 years, or $1.2 billion a year. But all we, really, all we need to build these watershed projects is $500 million a year. So if we were to start building these watershed projects and it would save us those billions on the back end, we would actually make $700 million a year. Or we just spend the $24 billion that we would be spending on cleaning up dirty beaches and contaminated water, and we spend that $1.2 billion on 
really just dominating the rainwater runoff problem and just capturing every little freaking last drop. Let's face it, the oceans don't need any more water. We're already worried about ocean rising anyways. What's up, Delaware Iceberg? So it, just, it blows my mind that these numbers are out there for people and they just can't make these decisions. We're going to continue to play the game the same way we've always played it. We're going to let all this water run off into the ocean and we're going to spend a billion or more a year cleaning up the problem that we have caused ourselves with this city of cement when we could just be proactively trying to get these solutions in place. And yes, for the first five or 10 years, we might just end up spending the 500 million and still paying the 1.2 billion. Let's look at this long term. If we're paying 1.2 billion now, we're going to be paying 1.2 billion 10 years and 20 and 30 and 40 years. That 1.2 billion won't go down. It will only go up. But if we put these systems into place and they and they finally take hold 10 years from now, then you start saving that 1.2 billion. Then you start saving the 700 million dollars a year. It would the, in your every year. Let's say you're putting 500 million more into these watershed projects. You'll get to a point in the 20 years down the line where these projects are there and they're and they're done and they're fixed. Take that 700 million dollars and let's fix some infrastructure. How about we start building some of these super highways like Dallas has, where they're 250 feet in the air? Sure, one day earthquake going to totally shake that whole thing up, going to collapse down on us. But you know what? Things are going to collapse down on us anyways. So let's not worry about that. Let's build some crazy super highways with that saved that savings that I'm bringing up. They seriously need to hire me as one of their consultants. I am fantastic at this. Anyways. <laughs> So if you were following that entire mathematical scenario, we spend 500 million a year now, and down the line we'll be saving 1.2 billion. And let's face it, as the years go on, inflation and just overall cost of things increasing, we're going to end up saving way more money than that. And we need this water. Let's save more water than what LA needs. Let's save enough water for the county. And let's save enough water that we can start giving back to the to the Colorado River. Or we can start sending water over to San Diego and Phoenix or Las Vegas or sending it up north to the farmland where it definitely needs to be. Because that we it's like I think I remember somewhere saying that we were 80% of the nation's uh, crops. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I thought we were doing a whole lot of corn in middle America, and I definitely thought Florida had the lockdown on the citrus market. But anyways, I did read that somewhere a long time ago, and that number always stuck out in my head is that California produces 80% of the vegetables and fruits in our country. uh, So we need water out here. Come on, Kansas, hook us up with some of that water you guys get. You get some pretty hellacious storms. So that's my little rant about L.A.'s water. And now let's let's make this more of a nationwide issue. Let's make this a global thing. Clearly, wars are being fought over oil and religion right now, and that's fine and dandy. We've been doing it for the oil thing for, you know, over 100-some 50 years, 150 years. We've been doing it since the Industrial Revolution taught us that we needed it. Um, and religion, that's been going on since the dawn of time. Um, so those will only stop when we choose to stop being such dicks to each other. But the water issue is going to ultimately cause the worst of all the wars, and that's really what's going to bring the entire planet to its knees. And so every community needs to be thinking about how can they be saving water. 
uh, if the grid were to go down, the electric grid, if we were to all of a sudden face some sort of virus, zombie apocalypse, nuclear fallout kind of scenario, a lot of communities are going to be left on their own. You're not going to be able to get the water you need, the electricity you need. You're not going to be able to get the normal human services that we've grown accustomed to since we moved off the prairie and into the cities. It would be wise for everyone's community to start thinking about how are we looking to protect ourselves in the future. And so regardless if you're in the middle of the country and you get a ton of rain, I mean, sure, there's parts of Seattle that definitely get a hell of a ton of rain. Great. Let's capture that water and let's send it over to the eastern side of the state of Washington where they get not as much. I rode my motorcycle over that mountain once. Raining on one side looks like a, a, a sparse you know, desert with those little scrub bushes everywhere on the other side. And that's how mountains work, people. One side gets a lot more rain than the other. That's, it's, it happens a lot more than most of us know. Um, look, you know, look at uh, Colorado on their western front. They get tons of snow and rain. On their eastern front, not so much. Uh, those are some really great parts of South America that I've been reading about in this book called 1491 recently where there's just, uh, I mean, desert right next to our rainforest all because they're separated by a mountain. So um, that's what this article got me thinking of. And that's really why I started this podcast to begin with a long time ago. Was I, the original idea was I read really cool articles and I wanted to talk about them. And it just, these numbers blew my mind because we surely have people who are smart engineers who are out there giving us options. And yes, the city has made, uh, since 2012 ordinance, uh, requires developments to collect runoff from three quarters of an inch of rainfall and then be able to reuse it on site or at least allow it to percolate into the ground. So the Wilshire Grand Skyscraper downtown can do 50,000 gallons. Um, USC's new residential complex can catch uh, nearly 200,000 gallons of runoff in a, from a big storm and it allows the rainfall to soak back into the earth instead of going out to the LA River. So it is occurring. We are putting things in place, but it's new it's new building projects. But what about all these old ones? What about, you know, the fact that I live in Hollywood and there's so much cement all around me. There are little part little, little partitions of grass occasionally. I mean, yes, I've got a baseball diamond across the street from me, but that's just because I happen to live across the street from a park. Most people do not, and it's just cement as far as the eye can see. Uh, we do have Griffith Park, and uh, we do have opportunities to capture rain, but it's not enough. When that L.A. River starts to overflow its banks, it should be seen as free liquid gold rushing out to the ocean, and that is just a catastrophe waiting to happen. So that's it, guys. That's my little story about water. You know, check this out. Just look at it this way. You know, every community on the West Coast, every city on the West Coast, we do not stop growing. And we're going to need more and more water. And eventually the oceans are going to rise, regardless of what aisle you stand on in the political realm. We are going to have a water crisis in the future. The planet in general is going to have a water crisis. Uh, water rises on the oceans, pushes people inland. Um, we're going to start to stretch the infrastructure there that is not prepared for all of the um, refugees that that come from the natural disaster. That will be oceans rising. You know, as long as it doesn't end up being like one of those movie scenarios where the water just all of a sudden rises, you know, two feet in 24 hours, we're going to have some time to deal with this. Uh, but, and we're going to be spending billions of dollars on walls and things of that nature to keep the water out. 
Um, not to mention what all that ocean water will do once it comes in and starts to contaminate what was once fertile land and salts it all up. So there's a lot more issues. There's a lot of stuff we can talk about this, but that's the story I wanted to read about today. It was a really great one. It was on t- Thursday, March 9th, 2017's LA Times. Um, the, the free liquid gold. You can Google it. Some pretty cool stuff. And even if you don't live in Southern California, which most of you probably don't, and you think, what the hell, if you even made it this far into the podcast, and I hope you did because my, my voice is lovely and you should definitely enjoy it frequently <laughs> um, the point is is that this is ha- if this is happening in LA and this is supposed to be a forward thinking progressive city imagine how many other cities out there aren't looking at ways to protect themselves when they go through a water shortage or when they go off grid this is another reason why we need solar we need renewable solar and wind we need these renewables because with renewables it's going to be a lot more geographically located yes we're going to still have a humongous grid and it's going to be able to power everywhere that we need it to power but you're going to have certain areas that are set up with the solar panels with the windmills with all the other different kinds of uh, ways that whether it's solar panels or windmills there's going to be a lot of different ways we're going to come up with renewables and how we can use the sun and wind but if the whole grid goes down you could still get somebody out to those panels and rewire them to just feed LA electricity so we don't go into you know the long cursed night because if you put you know too much too much nighttime in a city of this size with people already on the edge and all hell's going to break loose on the quick um, with renewables we'd be able to minimize the reach of the grid and be able to get electricity back up and running much quickly much quicker because we're not, uh, you know, because we can, you can just move some things around. Because right now, you know, these coal plants might be hundreds and hundreds of miles away, feeding this electric energy through the grid. You know, something like the, something goes down, just one little line, like it did in the Northeast uh, about five or ten years ago. You know, next thing you know, you've got millions of people without electricity and so this is just something else to think about something else i'm definitely going to get into still doing these podcasts is just me yammering on for a little while uh soon we're going to be getting um interviews in and it's going to be really entertaining and you're going to love these guys and you're going to stick with me to the very end so for those of you who that made it uh i just want to let you know i appreciate you and thank you so much. Find me on MediaMogul.com for all things Jesse. Find me on all forms of social media at Jesse Mogul, except for Facebook. You can go to my Facebook page there, at MediaMogul. Definitely check that out. And as always, water is interesting with Jesse Mogul. Take care now. Bye-bye, y'all.